In our family, sharing feelings and being vulnerable is not really one of our strengths. We're much better at sarcasm and sort of being generally cynical about the world. But I'm kind of in this very sentimental time in my life where my kids are starting to leave. And so I thought it would be a cool episode of this for everybody to write a letter to their kids and uh, read it. And so they all agreed. And um, so we'll start with the youngest and go to the oldest and they will each take turns reading these letters that they've written to their kids. Dear Emmett, when I wrote this letter, it was a night like many other nights. Dad and I had put you to bed with the expectation that you would stay asleep until your first feeding. You, of course, had other plans. An hour after you fell asleep, you awoke crying in your crib. So, like many other nights, I went in, scooped you up, and snuggled you close in the rocking chair. I kissed your perfect little face too many times and eventually laid you back in your crib, sound asleep once again. Why am I telling you this? Well, Emmett, someday you may have little siblings that require much of my attention, and there may be times when you feel that I do not see you or that you are not loved. But oh, how the opposite is true. You, my boy, were the one who made me a mother. You made my dreams come true. You were the one I stared at for countless hours, admiring the little human that your father and I had created. Every milestone you achieved was extraordinary in my eyes. I may have carried you inside of me for nine plus months. However, you will forever hold my heart and I will always see you. I want to take this chance to tell you what my hopes are for you. I hope that you get your dad's level-headedness and patience. I hope that you get your grandma Susan's vibrant and vibrancy and go-getter attitude. I hope that you get your grandpa Joe's creativity. And I hope that you get my loyalty. To be clear, I do not hope that your life is perfect. In fact, I hope that you have trials and tribulations, moments of fear and doubt, failure and grief because that is part of why we're here. Without hardship, there is no way to grow. I do not hope that your life is perfect. However, I do hope that for every time you fall, you choose to get back up. I hope that when you can choose joy, you do. I hope that you keep your faith through life's valleys and rejoice in life's hills. I hope that for so many things for your life, Emmett, but most of all, I hope that you stay close to God. Just like with me, there may be times when you feel like God cannot see you or that he does not love you. I promise you that he does. Even when you feel like you're down on the ground, barely crawling from one day to the next, he's there crawling with you. Even when you feel like you're on top of the world running, no sprinting, he's there running with you. And even when you mess up, he's still there, ready to help you through anything. Finally, I need to thank you for picking me to be your mother. I know I'm not perfect. There will be times that I'm too quick to anger and times when I say the wrong thing. You knew this and chose me anyway. 
I will forever be grateful for this funny, messy, difficult, and yet amazing adventure that we're on together. Love, your mom. So, dear kids, if you are listening to this podcast, it means that I'm dead. I'm, I'm kidding, I hope. Uh, so, the idea, of writing, the idea of writing a letter to you guys is kind of funny. I don't know if I'm supposed to be imparting nuggets of wisdom, explaining why I am the way that I am, or apologizing for several failures that I already have as a parent. In truth, when your Uncle Sam asked us to write a letter, I felt about as prepared as I was to be your dad in the first place. I just hope writing this is similar to raising you guys, where I can piece things together along as, or piece things together as I go along. Um, get amazingly lucky and trust that my efforts are good enough. I'm so grateful that I get to be your dad. Each of you make me proud every single day. Sometimes I feel like you guys are more prepared to teach me how to be a dad than I am uh, to teach you how to be good kids. I believe one of the reasons I'm not perfect when it comes to raising you guys is because sometimes I forget what it's like to be a little kid. I expect you to act like a grown-up when you deserve all the experiences of a little kid. I also sometimes forget that you are each very different from one another. Parenting would be much easier if raising, if raising great kids came in a one philosophy fits all. Oftentimes, I had to learn the hard way that a lot of the world is very new to you. And you are going to take approaches to understanding all of this because you think it's the best option. Even if that means drawing on the walls with a permanent marker because you can't find paper, or torturing the cat until it scratches you, or using a flat screen TV as a slide, or falling for, the tri falling for trends like dabbing, flossing, or thinking that the song Old Town Road is actually music. I think my job in all of this is to help you identify the big mistakes and avoid them, all while trying, to make, trying not to make any big mistakes myself. One thing that I worry about is that you guys are worried that you're going to let me down if you fail at something and that I will never forget those failures. This is the part where I really want you to listen. You are going to fail at certain things. I will love you no matter how many times you fail. You may fail multiple times at the same thing. I will love you no matter how many times you fail. Failing at things helps you learn. I will love you no matter how many times you fail. I will not remember the things that you fail at. I will remember how proud I felt when you failed enough times to succeed. I'll be the first to admit that I am far from winning parent of the year. I have my share of failures. I have no idea why God trusted me with raising you guys. I think your mom has a lot to do with it. When I say things like, you make me proud every single day, or you are so much smarter than I was, or you are the most amazing kids in the world, I mean it. Try to stay patient with me. I'm still learning how to be a dad. Luckily for me, my kids are great teachers. And that's all of it. To my children, in preparing to write this letter for you, I tried to think about which nerdy reference I wanted to use but then Heather told me not to because then I'm going to be pegged as the nerdy brother, which I think we're past that. But um, I tried to replay eight years worth of memories in my mind. I tried remembering all the funny things each of you did and said. 
I tried remembering all the milestones, challenges, your hopes, your fears, everything that makes each one of you the unique, special person you are. I wish I would have been better about documenting all of that. I know there are plenty of memories that I have long since forgotten, but I do feel very blessed to have been able to experience it all firsthand. Each time your mom and I had another child, we were amazed at how quickly it felt as though each of you were always a part of the family. We truly couldn't imagine life without each one of you. With that, I wanted to tell each of you some of the things I love about you and give you a small piece of advice. Calvin, you are handsome, smart, kind, and friendly. You are always looking to experience something new. You make friends very easily and you are loyal to those you befriend. You love figuring out how the world works and are always trying to look for ways to make money. My advice to you is not to worry too much. You are like your dad and that sometimes you worry about things that you don't need to worry about. Remember that you have a family who loves you and will take care of you. And more importantly, a heavenly father who knows you, who you are and loves you even more than we do. Cora, you are generous, loving, funny, and talented. I am constantly blown away at the things you're able to figure out all on your own. You are an amazing artist and you have such interesting ideas for stories. I hope you will always nurture that talent and I can't wait to see all the amazing things you create. My advice to you is to be patient with yourself. You are naturally gifted at a lot of things and so when you struggle with something, you sometimes get frustrated with yourself. Keep working on things that are difficult for you and there is nothing that you'll, you won't be able to accomplish. Colin, you are strong, adventurous, sweet, and big-hearted. You wear your emotions on your sleeve. As the third child, you sometimes get overlooked, which means you sometimes get into trouble, but more often you surprise us at the things that you learn all by yourself. I love your big smile and your love for life. My advice to you is to surround yourself with people who will make you better. You have two older siblings to look up to, but you can be, you can be an example to them as well. Era, you and Emily are miracles to us. A lot of people said a lot of prayers to get you two safely to our family. You are patient, friendly, gentle, and inquisitive. You love exploring the world around you. I believe that you were sent to us because Heavenly Father knew that we needed a very good baby if we were going to survive having twins. The only advice I could give you right now is to keep being the sweet, funny person you are. Keep doing that amazing goat laugh as long as possible. It never fails to get me laughing. Emily, it has been so fun having twins and to see how different the two of you are. You are a miracle just like your twin sister. You are resourceful, energetic, feisty, and friendly. You have taken on the role of the baby of the family quite well. You let people know what you want and you're happy to help motivate them to get into getting it for you. You are always on the move and always want to be seeing and doing new things. My advice to you is stay close to your siblings. You will need them and they will need you just as much. I want you all to know that above all else, I love each of you so much. I feel so lucky to have been sent such unique, amazing, fun kids. I often feel like I'm failing you as a father. I sometimes am too stern and other times I'm too permissive. I'm not always consistent and I get upset about things that I shouldn't. But I also feel like I'm truly trying to be the best dad that I can. I try to spend time with each of you, do fun things with you, try to teach you how to, good be, to be good people. I look for the good things in each one of you and the things that you do, and I try to ignore the bad. 
There are probably a million other things that I want to tell you, but for now, since you're still small, I have a little more time to do that. And I'll try to remember that as each of you continue to grow. I'll keep trying to make time to enjoy your personalities. I'll try to understand your problems and help you find solutions if you want. I know I'll keep making mistakes, but mistakes, <clears throat> but I'll also keep trying to learn from them and be a better dad to each and every day. Always remember that I love each of you completely and individually. I love you for eternity. When I was your age, my life goals looked a little different than they do now. Playing with friends, staying up past my bedtime, and eating candy was pretty much all I dreamt about. I cared more about picking my nose than trying to understand why we were all here or the true meaning of life. But that's not something kids should worry about anyways. That's what parents are for. You both are so important to me. I want you to have the best life, full of love and success. If it were up to me, I would never let you feel pain. Your friends would never be mean to you, and you would never fall down and scrape your knee. But I know that's not realistic or how the world works. I can't keep you from falling down. You will fall and you will feel pain. This is part of life. Life can be scary at times. The best and scariest moment of my life was the day you were born. I stayed up all night just to make sure you were still breathing. I knew your life was in my hands and I wasn't going to let anything happen to you. I had so much to learn and a lot of growing up to do before I was ready to be your parent. You are both little right now. And one thing that we love to do together are puzzles. So let's talk about puzzles. I like to think that we are all pieces in God's master puzzle. Every piece has its place and is important, but we have to work together to complete. Remember kids, like mom always says, teamwork makes the dream work. When you first pour out a puzzle, and if you don't know what it looks like, you might have a hard time getting anywhere. Do you remember the first thing we do once we pour all the pieces out on the table? Turn them right side up. You have to see what you're working with. As your mom, it's my job to turn all your pieces the right way. What do we do after we turn our pieces over? Find the edges. The edges are the pieces that will help guide you. They are the border that keep you safe. They make a really big world with too much information seem small enough. Keep life simple. Out of all the edge pieces, the corner pieces are the most important because they hold the rest of the edges in place. They're the ones you can rely on. The four corners are your parents, the Savior, Heavenly Father, and the Holy Ghost. They will be your anchors in life. Once you have all your edge pieces put together, you can start working on the middle. You will put some of the puzzle together really fast, but other pieces won't make any sense. This is a trial and error part of life. You are going to make mistakes, but it's okay. You'll learn from them. That's why we're here. So take chances, make mistakes, and get messy. But remember, when you make a mess, we clean it up. Towards the end of the puzzle, all of the colorful pieces with all the clues will be placed. What's left are the shades of gray. The colors don't help you anymore. So you have to look closely at the shapes 
your life will change. You won't always be a kid. The things that are important to you now, like candy and video games, might even seem silly to you as an adult. Before you were born, I viewed my life one way. When you came into this world, what I thought was important suddenly shifted. I may not know where all of our pieces go yet, but I know with your help, we will be able to finish any puzzle we start together. Puzzles are fun, but they take patience and practice. When life gets gray and everything starts to look the same, ask your Heavenly Father for guidance. This world can be so cruel, but you don't have to be. You can be different. You have the power to heal hearts with your words and light up a room with your smile. We all need love, and you have so much to give. Stay close to your family. We know you and love you no matter what. We can help navigate through this crazy life and with any challenges you face. We will be your corner pieces, the anchors in your life. We will hold your puzzle together while you figure out where all the other pieces go. We will be the ones screaming at the top of our lungs, cheering you on. Finally, always remember that you are my world, my everything. I thank Heavenly Father daily for sending you, me, sending you to me. You light up my life when the world seems dark. You are my purpose, my greatest accomplishment, my best friend. I love you to the moon and back, always and forever. Love, Mom. Dear bug and beautiful girl, you are my miracles. There have been times in my life when I've thought I wish I could go back in time and do things differently. Now I look at you and realize this is exactly where I want to be. My son, the first time I saw you and, looked at, and you looked at me with your beautiful dark eyes so weak you couldn't lift your head at nine months old, and yet you gave me a smile, and at that moment I knew you were mine, my boy. As I held you in the hospital, the light in your eyes shined through the darkness you had experienced. You have always had a tender heart and are quick to smile, laugh, and bring more joy to my life than I can describe. Life is rarely calm and has been especially tumultuous for you at times, but you never get down. Even when you are frustrated or sad, a hug or a tickle always makes it better. Thinking of your nasally belly laugh or <laughs> will always make me smile. Even your teachers are always impressed by your politeness and tenderness with those around you. Life will be hard. You will struggle. You will fall and will walk paths that seem dark. My hope is that the effects of the turmoil around you or the attacks from the world that you are facing will be met with your optimism, joy, and love for life. That as you do now, you will beam with your infectious smile, eat some noodles, and carry on. Heavenly Father sent you here and kept you here for a purpose. I know that you can find that purpose as you struggle and, find, and fight to find the light in the darkness. I'll end these words by, to you by saying, be good to your sister. She loves you. She looks up to you, and you're an amazing brother to her. My, my daughter, from the start, you stole my heart. You are my beautiful girl. My little girl, I love you so. I'll love you so forever. Not many dads can say they witnessed their daughter being conceived, but I never could have known how a little puff in a microscope would change my life. We waited 12 years for you, and oh, was it worth it. I never could have imagined that watching my little daughter simply brush her hair out of her face, put one little skip into her walk, put the slightest lisp into I'm the fastest, 
fly around the kitchen on a tricycle or squeeze my neck would almost bring me to tears. Quick to smile and sometimes quicker to scream. Sassy but sweet. Tough as any girl there is. I'll be in serious trouble when you figure out that it is physically impossible for me to say no to you. Your mom makes me practice in front of your picture every night, and I have yet to be successful. Struggles are different for girls and boys, and even now, when you are little, I worry about how it will be when you face the world. I wish you were like your brother and could be impervious to the commotion around you, but you are your mother's daughter and soak it all in. Kids can be cruel, the world can be unforgiving, and life will test you. What I hope for you is that you can face cruelty with kindness, the world with curiosity, and your trials with patience, and growth that you, and that you will know that come what may, your mom and I will be there to do whatever we can to dry your tears, teach you, and carry you through these trials. Most importantly, I want you both to know that you are loved, unconditionally, embarrassingly, completely, eternally, and deeply loved. Nothing in this life brings me more joy than to watch you grow and to be with you throughout the journey. The bumps and bruises, triumphs and trials, tears of joy and sadness, you are my miracles. The best thing that's ever happened to me. Love, Dad. Dear Grace, Taggart, Claire, and Jameson, love you all so much. I can't express with words the extent of my love for each of you. I know I tell you every day, and hopefully hearing me say I love you, can become mundane or trivial. All of my siblings are writing one of these letters, and they'll probably all say that they love their kids. But just know that if it's a contest for who loves their kids the most, I win. By a lot. I want you all to be happy. <clears throat> it's important to realize that happiness in life begins with you. There will be things in your life that will have an impact on your happiness. But ultimately, no matter what experiences you have, you can always choose to find happiness. As I look back on the 40 years of life that I've had, I have a few recommendations. First, I recommend that you don't take life too seriously. I've found that most decisions you make don't have that big of an impact on your life. Don't get caught up in trying to make sure you do everything perfect and don't get down on yourselves when you make mistakes. Learn to laugh at yourself. People who are willing to laugh at themselves are more fun to be around. Good things will happen in your life. And bad things will happen in your life. They guarantee. And you sometimes don't have a lot of control over either. What you can always control is your attitude. So don't take life too seriously. Next, I recommend that you take life seriously. I, I know I just said not to take life too seriously, but it's also important that you approach certain aspects of your life in a serious way. While there are many unimportant decisions you'll make, there are some that will have a huge impact on you. Things like your choice to remain active in the church, serve a mission, choose the right spouse, your pursuit of education and a good job. These are things that you should take seriously. Have fun along the way, but when it really comes time to make these big choices, take them seriously. Next, I recommend that you make family your highest priority. When this life is over, no matter what you have done, how much money you've earned, what things you've acquired, none of that will really matter compared to the relationship that you have with your family. At the times we get together for family reunions or weddings or holidays, those times are the greatest. We will create more of these experiences within our family, and you will, as you have your own families, continue to create great memories. That's what matters. Your family should be the most important thing in your life. Finally, 
I recommend that you develop a meaningful relationship with the Savior. This recommendation really ties the others all together. His life and example is what makes your happiness possible. His atonement is what makes forgiveness for our mistakes a reality. His role in Heavenly Father's plan is the reason families are eternal. The more you recognize how special He is to you, the happier you will be in everything else you do. Remember, the Heavenly Father loves you all so much. Just look around and you will be able to see the extent of His love for you. You may not be able to hear His voice saying, I love you, but He says it every day with all the blessings that He gives you. Try to recognize this and never let His expressions of love become mundane or trivial. I guess what I'm trying to say is that He is the ultimate winner of the How Much Do I Love My Children contest. Grace, Taggart, Claire, and Jameson. Be good, be kind, behave, be fun. I love you. Love that. Dear Ken and Grant, I love you guys. You're both uh, funny, talented, loving, kind, and intelligent people. You give my life meaning and reason to be a better person. Um, you've been with me through some struggles. 10 years ago, your mom and I got divorced and she moved back to Utah. Uh, we were living in Cheyenne, Wyoming at the time, and that created about seven hours distance between us. Um, it took a few years, but I was able to change careers and find a job that's closer to you guys. And during that transition, we moved six times, spent hours and hours driving in the car between your mom's house and mine. But somehow you guys were always happy and made the best of the situation. But those were pretty tough times, uh, at least for me. I missed you guys a lot when you were away, um, and there were times where uh, it was just you know so hard, and, and just the thought of you guys kind of kept me going. And now we finally live close enough that you can walk between your house, uh, your mom's house, and and my house, and things are actually really great now. And I'm just really proud of you both, um, Kenna. You're becoming an accomplished figure skater and artist and you're beautiful you have a confident attitude that makes people want to be around you you're also very sensitive you care about people and and things i remember one time uh you got sad when you had to throw your food away because you said uh it made the food feel like you didn't want it anymore and you're just a great kid um grant you're one of those kids that everybody likes several of the um moms from kids in your class have said you know, I just really like Grant. He's just such a good kid. He's handsome and he's just charismatic. And I love hanging out with you, Grant. You're such a funny kid. You're always, you always see the positive on things. Um, you're always really gassy. It seems like every time you get in the car, you have to fart. And, uh, you know, it, that always makes me angry, but it, somehow it's still, it's still an endearing uh, characteristic of you. Uh, you're an actor. You're a great actor who... Um, you've made this reputation for yourself in the Hale Theater uh, with the Hale Theater casting directors and, and producers. And you're so passionate about what you do, um, whether it's school, sports, acting, or watching YouTubes. Um, you also have musical talent. You and Ken are, Ken are very talented with music. Uh, Grant, you can sing, you play the piano, you play the drums, uh, you write songs. You actually wrote a song about your teacher and you played it for your class and um, everybody loved it. It was, it was a smart and it was funny. 
and afterwards kids were coming up to you and saying um i've got that song stuck in my head uh i don't know i could talk about my kids for hours and hours but um i don't think they realize how much i love them and how much i need them in my life i love every moment that we get to spend together uh we've had so many adventures um and i'm looking forward to years uh years and years of adventures to come so uh, if my kids ever end up listening to this podcast, I, I hope they understand how much I love them. And the advice I'd leave with them is enjoy the time you have with your family. Uh, we have a, an amazing family. We'll always be there for each other. And we know deep down that we love each other. Um, and Ken and Grant, I love you guys. And I'll always be your dad. And you'll always be my kids. Dear Daniel, Mackenzie, Sammy, Connor, and Carly, my first draft of this letter felt a bit like a high school graduation speech. You know, the ones full of humor and inspiration and insight where somebody quotes Dr. Seuss and talks about how everyone is going to change the world and have lots of great and exciting adventures. That didn't feel right, at least not right now. Right now, I don't want any of you to have any adventures or change the world. I just want things to stay the way they are, with you close to me and needing me. I want Carly bugging me to spot her as she learns and practices new gymnastics moves. I want Connor to tell me about the interesting fact or world event that he learned watching the school news. I want Sammy to get furious at me for pulling him out of a basketball game and then hug me as we walk out of the gym together. I want to lay in Kinsey's room and listen to her as she plays her ukulele and sing and know that she's just tolerating me singing along. I want to look forward to every Wednesday, waiting for an instant message from Chile, and hearing Daniel talk about his mission. Yeah, I think I'd be okay if things were pretty much just like this, forever. I get it, things have to change. That's how it's supposed to be, and, and you guys know me. I'm somebody that normally loves change and transition, but right now, it just feels really scary and uncertain. The night Daniel was born, I was 24 years old, working the overnight shift at the cathedral home. I remember my disbelief as I heard your mom on the other end of the phone say that her water had broken and my parents were coming to pick her up and take her to the hospital. I remember driving through the dark towards the hospital thinking about how people say having kids is such a huge change and it's so scary. And they say things like, they don't make a manual about how to be a parent. But faced with the reality of our first child, I actually remember thinking, I'm totally ready for this. Kim and I are going to be really great parents. We're going to raise the most amazing, smart, talented, and well-adjusted kids. This is going to be great. 20 years later, as I write this, you guys are starting to leave. And I've never been more scared of being a parent. I've never felt less able to say and do the right things. Don't get me wrong. You guys are amazing. You truly are the awesome, smart, talented, well-adjusted kids we hoped we would raise. But as we send you off into the world, I worry and wonder a lot about whether we did enough. Did we do it right? Did we teach you and trust you and love you enough? Recently, one of you said to me in a pretty tense moment, Dad, I know you're going to try to say something really wise. Just don't. So I won't. Not now. Right now. I just want you to know that I love you all more than I thought I could ever love. I love you so much that the idea of not having you close is too scary for me to really even think about. So I won't give you any words of advice right now, but please know that I'm always here. 
And if you ever need to talk about anything ever, 10 years from now or 30 years from now or tomorrow, I'll be here. Love, Dad. Dear Olson kids, when I was asked to write a letter to my children, I immediately felt an overwhelming need to tell you how sorry I am for all of the mistakes I've made and how I would do things differently if I could go back and start over. Knowing what I know now, I would have left my house a mess and played house with you when you were little. I would have ditched the laundry and read more books to you. I would have dropped everything and played dress up and Diamond Castle Barbie. Looking back, I would have spent so much more quality time with you. Since I can't go back in time and change the past, all I can do now is make each day better than the day before. So I'll start off this letter by telling you how much I love you. Your existence on this earth is truly a miracle, and I'm eternally grateful to have you in my life. You bless my life on a daily basis. Your dad and I suffered through years of infertility, and when we finally found out that we were pregnant, we couldn't have been more excited. The immediate love we felt the day we found out that we were going to become parents is truly indescribable. Motherhood is my greatest joy and my greatest achievement. If I could give you a few words of advice, it would be to be kind and thoughtful. Remember that everyone you meet is fighting a battle that you know nothing, nothing about. Everyone has something going on in their lives that is challenging for them. They may be walking around with a smile on their face, but never underestimate the fact that they may be hiding their pain. Be sensitive, be kind, and choose your words wisely, because everyone is going through something hard. The second piece of advice I have for you is to stay close to the gospel. This life is going to be full of challenges and trials. The gospel is the only thing that will see you through these tough times. If you stay close to your Father in heaven and use the atonement of Jesus Christ daily, you can make it through anything. Life is full of adversity. It's through difficult times that we learn the most important lessons in life. Thank you for your forgiveness in response to the mistakes I've made as your mom. You have always been so patient with me. You love me unconditionally, even when I'm not on my A game. I am so proud of, the, for the, of you for the wonderful people you are becoming. Finally, thank you for just being you. Love always, Mom. My dear children, first I want you to know that I've had a wonderful 68 years of life, a life full of so many memories, memories of a young girl on a farm, of my years in Chile, high school, college, then marriage and raising nine kids. In our lives, I believe that there are basically three experiences we face in life. They are bumps, hoops, and crisis. The bumps are the everyday little problems we face. There are always bumps in life that we have to work through. Babies puke, poop all over, or cry a lot. Toddlers can't find their shoes or bite people. Grade school kids lose their coats and gloves or get teased at school. Then high school comes and the bumps get bigger. At home, the bumps are the thousands of arguments we have with each other that we have to work out. Life never gets rid of all the bumps. They are always there no matter what phase of life we are in. The hoops are things we have to jump through to accomplish what we want to. Those can be so irritating and frustrating. We have to get this done to get that done. 
all of the responsibilities in life that can sometimes seem overwhelming. Why do I have to do this? I've said so many times. The hoops and bumps keep us busy. But then come the full-blown crisis in our lives. I don't know of anyone, friends or families, family that have not faced several crises in their life. Crises are painful, gut-wrenching experiences that bring us to our knees. They are the experiences that we feel we might not make it through. We want them to end. And sometimes it takes every ounce of faith to keep enduring through these crises and these trials. However, our greatest personal growth will come from how we handle a crisis. We will grow from it or we will lose our faith and become bitter. I know this from experience. I've seen both outcomes. I would want my children and grandchildren to know that everyone goes through bumps, everyone must jump through hoops, and everyone will live through crisis in their lives. That is why we came to earth. But the most important thing I want them to know is that we are never alone. We are never alone. We have a Heavenly Father who loves us no matter what we do. We have a Savior who died for us for all our mistakes. Oh, if we could all just get a firm testimony of the Savior and his atoning power. Living the gospel and keeping the commandments will keep us safe, but there will still be those constant bumps, hoops to jump through and crisis in our lives. From my own life experience, I believe with all my heart that we can make it through anything and everything if we stay strong in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, but I almost forgot. Through the bumps, the hoops, and the crisis of our lives, there will be tears, frustration, anger, sadness, sometimes despair, but there will also be laughter, love, happiness, growth, and true joy. Second Nephi 2.25 says, men are that they might have joy. And that is where family comes in. Through raising nine kids and tons of foster kids, I have learned and I believe that the greatest joy we will ever have comes from family. Yes, none of us are perfect. We all mess up. We all make mistakes. We all go through crisis. But we all can rally around each other. Not judge. Just be there to support each other. We can laugh and we can cry together. That's what families are for. I want my kids to know that my greatest joy in life has come from them. My greatest accomplishment is my family, my children. Going through life with all the bumps, hoops, and crises makes us who we are. We are family, and I love you. Love, Mom. All right, this is a letter to all of my children. <clears throat> my dad, Grandpa DeBar, told me that every crow thinks that theirs are the blackest. I am reminded of telling Kristen that even though she was a beautiful princess, that she shouldn't brag because not everyone is perfect like her. Susan gets mad at me when I tell everyone that our children, I mean Susan's children from her first marriage, are perfect. Susan then attempts to, to excuse my bad manners by explaining that even though our family may be perfect, I have been known from time to time to embellish the truth. Her examples to prove her points were Nathan wasn't really a genius. He didn't know the square root of 64 until he was almost three. Cody had a reputation for giving awful haircuts, and Sam will forever be remembered as someone who stole and consumed a box of candy bars from the Laramie Little League fundraiser. All of my boys cheated using the illegal Pinewood Derby cars, and John unlawfully emigrated into Mexico. Grandpa Joe didn't serve in Vietnam, 
play for the Dallas Cowboys or graduate first in his class at BYU. During Vietnam, my grandmother, Dean, convinced the draft board that it was in their best interest to give the Shumway boys draft exemptions. The Dallas Cowboys traded me to the Denver Broncos, and I was first in my class at Harvard, not BYU. Now, seriously, here, are some, here is some advice for my children. Number one, make your bed, beds as soon as you get up. Number two, be kind to animals. Number three, clean up your messes. Number four, big kids don't hit little kids and boys don't hit girls. Number five, kneel down by your bed every night and pray. Number six, don't swear. Number seven, stay out of debt. Number eight, always pay your tithing. Number nine, learn from your mistakes. Number 10, always leave loved ones with loving words. I was only going to have 10 bits of advice, but I couldn't conclude this letter without one closing note. Shut the door. When I leave this world, I'm going to find a nice place where I can sit and wait for everyone. After a while, Susan will find me, I hope, and then Susan and I will wait together until everyone else arrives. After everyone finally arrives, we'll all sing some of our favorite songs, make fun of one another for a while, and then have a big family dinner before we all walk back into the presence of our Heavenly Father together. Our family will be together forever, because heaven wouldn't be heaven without each one of you. All my love, Dad. It almost doesn't feel right to say anything after all of that, uh, but since I always do like an outro to every episode, I'll just say this. Thank you to my siblings and my parents for being vulnerable and for sharing um, these really beautiful letters, and I hope that one day um, your kids and my kids and and we will listen to this and, and feel as loved as, as I know we are.